What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Monday rundown coming at you here on a Tuesday. Show and I jumped right in, and we discussed the NBA Finals and some off-season news happening a little early. Following that, we talked MLB and then some golf and obviously some bullshit at the end. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod, and we will talk to you soon. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We are here on a Tuesday Tuesday night. Got a little choked up there. Uh, ready to do this podcast with you, Tom. Um, we got a good finals going on right now. The baseball teams are the best in all the league, and we've got a lot of golf to talk about, too. So how you doing? I'm doing well, man. First off, I want to start off by saying sorry to everybody that this podcast went up a little late. It was, I'll take the blame for it. I'd rather blame the secretary, but obviously it wasn't his fault. It was more just technical difficulties. Yeah, that was weird because we recorded that on that Thursday, right? So it didn't go up till the following Wednesday after Memorial Day. Yeah, a lot of emails back and forth with uh, Anchor and whatnot. And I don't know. I got so many emails, so many fucking passwords. Honestly, the fact that I even get up in the morning is a shock. <laughs> well, at least you can do that. And uh, way to stay on top of that. Maybe the secretary will be able to uh, get out ahead of that next time if we have any issues. But we are hopefully not going to have an issue today. And Tom, we got to talk NBA. There's uh, some interesting news coming down. But first and foremost, we have a 1-1 series heading into Game 3 in Boston tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Uh, the Warriors were a different team in Game 2. The Celtics came out, did what they did pressured uh draymond was non-existent clay was pretty much non-existent and they took away the ancillary pieces jordan Poole. everybody was non-existent basically except for steph and that was flipped draymond came out with a different attitude in game two and the celtics were were stifled to say the least so let's talk game one real fast because that was Feels the like fastest, I know that was uh, that was last Thursday, but that was the fastest I've ever seen a game turn. Where when like wow, the Warriors have this game pretty pretty locked up. Right? To okay, what just happened? Because Boston, I think they started the fourth quarter eight of eight from three. Well, yeah, that was the other thing. Was I mean, and, and that's why I felt like, and I did bet on the Warriors in game two. I felt like it was so easy to bet the Warriors because. Um, I was like, first of all, Boston's not going to hit every single shot that they just throw up in the air. And second of all, the Warriors aren't going to completely collapse another game. The defense was non-existent, and it felt like every time they did put up a contested shot or, or force Boston to take a contested shot, you had Al Horford you know, looking, doing, looking like Steph. You had Marcus Smart hitting a couple huge threes. Even Pritchard was getting in on the act. I mean, dude, it, it, for, I think it was – they put up 40 points in that quarter. I think they outscored Golden State 40 to 18. Yeah, it was I mean, a, it was I've never seen game. anything like that. I've never seen anything like that, especially on Golden State's home court. No. I, and, I mean, they were up eight, I think, you know, 
relatively deep into the third, and I was like, oh, they're, they just need to make their typical Golden State Finals run, and this game will be over, and, and they'll be up 1-0. And, I mean, man, I, I just I didn't see that coming, and I, I don't know. Obviously, that kind of that kind of streak is not sustainable going forward in a series, but I, I do think that if they can keep Horford fresh, I know game two, which we'll talk about in a second, was an outlier, but if they can keep Horford fresh and continue to space the floor a little bit like they did and they make a couple shots, I mean, they absolutely have the firepower to complement their really good defense. Yeah, um, I I think that this series is definitely going seven in my opinion. Yeah, I wasn't able to make my pick because I thought we were going to end up recording prior to the start of the I. finals, but uh, but that's okay. Um, I was going to say Warriors and seven, so I agree. Yeah, that's that's where I'll land. I just think this is very evenly matched, and heading into game two, I mean, Draymond set the tone, but Tom, I want to ask you what you thought as, as it was unfolding because I understand all the comments he made after the game talking about how he's earned – this, that, and the third, and the uh, the differential treatment and all that, I think, was his term that he used. But listen, a technical's a technical. He got the first. He easily should have been thrown out of the game. And let's not forget, this is the same guy that up 3-1 allowed Cleveland to come back in 2016. I, I don't like it. I think that you know you, like should, you should be re- refereed the way that you're supposed to be refereed, not because you can't control yourself. And he was he was like an absolutely uncaged animal in that game. I know they feed off the energy that he brings, but I mean, there were a couple of times where I was like, this guy's got to go. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it earlier on in the playoffs. I think he's taken the adage when it comes to the technical foul side of the old Pat Riley Knicks, where they're not going to call them all. And I think he's honestly just daring the rest to throw him out. Yeah, that's a good call. I, I think he's going to just continue to, push the envelope and see how much he can get away with. I mean, he's initiating everything with Jalen Brown, with Marcus Smart, anybody that gets in his way. He's talking shit with Grant Williams. Like, I know this energy is part of what makes you Draymond, right? But at the end of the day, they can't afford to lose him. If they lose him for a game, I think it's five technical or seven technicals and you get suspended for a game. He's at four right now. And you can easily see him piling up another three before this series is over. No doubt about it. And, I mean, I understand all his antics, but he just needs to take it down 12% with the refs directly, and I think he'll be okay. Mm. Yeah, and, and you don't want to get in a situation where, you know, the refs are going to – they might want to extend the series a little bit, but eventually it just becomes too much to handle, and they're like, listen, man, you're you're out of control. You know, you that's T number two, and you're out. Yeah, of course. I mean, and I wouldn't be shocked if he is suspended. I mean, and that's the thing, going back to the 2016 finals, and he's such a integral piece, especially when it comes to the heart and soul of this team and their energy, and they they have to ride that line with him because you've seen Draymond try and tame himself before, and he just can't play like that. No, he's he is who he is. It's part of what makes him great. It's part of what makes him one of the most ultimate competitors the NBA has ever seen. Um, but, you know, there's a difference between, you know, letting the teammates feed off of your energy and your aggression and, you know, doing something that's going to cost your team with your availability or lack thereof. So, well, it, it, I'm interested to see how it 
unfolds, you know, in the next couple games. But Tom Boston, you want to talk about just not being able to buy a shot late in that game. Golden State did to Boston what Boston did to Golden State in game one. They ran away with it, especially with Jordan Poole ending that third quarter. Yeah, you knew he was going to have at least one big game in this series. He was going to be heard from. He's too good of a player not to. And I I think there's a little bit of banged-upness when it comes to the Celtics. You saw Robert Williams go down. Um, I think Marcus Smart rolled up on him. Smart's hurt as well. And I, I think those are integral pieces that it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, they're going to need every second of rest they can get. But the Warriors also just ran it up on them. Yeah, for sure. I have two questions regarding the Warriors that I want to get your thoughts on. One, are they overusing Curry a little a little bit? You know, he is he is putting in so much work and effort. And I understand in the finals you have more separation of days in between games, but he sure is working his ass off. It feels like every minute of the game. And then two, Clay Thompson. Does it get to the point where you have to pull the plug on him? And I know Simmons and Rosillo talked about it on their podcast, but I thought it was interesting to bring to ours because, you know, in the second in, in game two there, man, he was he was really struggling. Meanwhile, Poole, you know, he looked like he was he was the hot hand there for a while. Well, to answer your first question, I think it's the end of the season and you're in championship mode right now. I think everybody's backs or not even against the wall necessarily, but everybody's got to go all out. So I don't think they're overusing Steph. When it comes to Clay, I mean, Rosillo made the point that he's still going to draw defenders, and I think that's what they're looking for, and maybe a spark from him at some point. The athleticism looks to be there. He just still looks like he's not all the way back in the flow of the game, and I think they're just trying to force it. And I don't really blame them. Uh, and and Poole also, great player, but I like him coming off the bench, playing against lesser players, getting heated up as well. Yeah, I don't have a problem if, if, if Thompson starts, but if you're going through the flow of the game and Poole kind of has that look in his eyes where he's like, I'm ready to take this shit oh, over you or be play. the second in command. That's what I think you thing. should do, but I don't know if Kerr would. I think he's very loyal to his guys. Day, playing for Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich will do what's best for the team in the situation when it comes to winning time. I hope you're right. And I also hope that Thompson's good enough where it's not a problem, but you said the athleticism was there to me. Sure. It's there, but the quickness, the speed, that's definitely not, he's not getting by guys. He's going to, he takes a lot of those fade away, you know, baseline jumpers that, Hey, if he's on one of his regular nights, those go in, but, if he's having a first half like you did in game two, you could lose a game that way. Yeah, no doubt about it. I I still think you got to keep him out there to keep the defense honest, but, you know, you're right. He's a turnstile on defense, unfortunately, right now, and he has lost a step. He hasn't played. Who do you like in game three? Um, I, I like the Celtics at home. Warriors yeah. got to take one there, though. They do. They do. Yeah, game three feels like the game to get if you're Golden State. If you get that, you're in the driver's seat. But I think Boston feeds off that home crowd and, and takes the 2-1 lead. All right, we're in agreement there, and we're both in agreement that the Warriors are going to win in seven in our opinion right now. I feel like my opinions change every second. But as of right <laughs> now, it's Warriors in seven. Um, all right, you ready to talk some MLB? I just wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of head coaching moves 
or that yeah. happened here in the NBA. Uh, Darvin Ham being the selection by by LA for the Lakers, and then Quinn Snyder stepping down as Jazz head coach. What do you make of those two? The one higher and the one step down. I like Darvin Ham. I, I think LeBron likes Darvin Ham. Only reason why he's in the seat that he is. Um, I think they were waiting on Doc Rivers, and again, Daryl Morey just holding out, holding out, and eventually they just had to get somebody in the seat before they became a laughingstock. Yeah, they went like seven, eight weeks without a <laughs> without a head coach. So you want to make sure you, you seal that up, and I agree with you. I mean, if LeBron, any team with a superstar, right? LeBron's put his stamp of approval on it. You bring him in. Quinn Snyder was very interesting to me because from all indications, Utah really wanted him back and offered him a sizable pay increase to return, and he said no. I think we got to talk about Utah's situation here, Tom. Do they blow this up? Does Mitchell leave? He's apparently very unsettled, according to Woj. Does Gobert get moved? What's the future hold this summer for for this Utah team? To be honest, I said it earlier in the year. I thought Gobert's going to be gone, but I'm going to flip it. I think Mitchell is going to force his way out of here. I just hope as a Knicks fan that they don't give up too much for him. Unless he decides to start playing elite defense like I know he can, I really I, I don't want to give up R.J. Barrett for him. Yeah, I feel like the sentiment with him amongst Nick fans has changed a little bit. Last year it was a, well, you do whatever you can to get him. But after seeing him this year, and well, you're right, his defense is not very good. I think people are like, okay, yeah, he's a star. He'd like us better, but is he worth giving up a, a king's ransom for? And I, I don't think he is, and it sounds I like mean, you don't believe he is either. Yeah, I saw a Bleacher Report hypothetical package of R.J. Barrett, um, Emmanuel Quigley, and our first round pick and to be honest I think that's too much I know he's young I know he's on a contract for a couple more years but that's just too much I agree with you he needs to do more to prove how how that he's worthy of giving up a package like that if it's Dame I say yes if it's Mitchell I say no yeah I would give it up for Dame but not not uh not uh what's Donovan Mitchell at all I mean it's just R.J. Barrett is such a rising star, and I could just see Danny Ainge scooping him up and, and him really making a difference and, and becoming an all-star player, multiple-time all-star player in Utah. Yeah, the other thing you have to your advantage is even if he forces his way out, you know, there's probably going to be a team that over that overpays for him. And the other thing, too, is the Knicks are not in the position where he's going to make the difference between them being a championship contender or you know, a, a or a fringe playoff team, right? So you just have to you don't have give confidence it up in the front office because they could do a very nixy thing and bring him in to to bolster the team. Yeah, and again, if you bolster the team with him and without having to give up Barrett, I think if it's a combination of quickly and maybe a, a pick or two and and another young player, I think you you're okay with that, right? You just don't want it like if it was Obi Toppin quickly and two firsts would you do that yes yeah D just don't yeah. put rj barrett in the deal and i'm cool okay yeah i think that's fair um the future is really interesting bleacher report had an article coming out today saying that the bulls have their eyes on on rudy gobert the market might be there for him obviously dallas has long been a speculated destination for gobert so we'll see it definitely seems though like you know, if you trade one of those guys, you should probably just 
work on getting rid of the other and build from the beginning because that team's had its window and it's it's slammed shut. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, Gobert to Dallas is enticing as kind of a glorified Capella and Harden kind of role with Luka. And then the defensive end, I mean, Gobert is, you know, two-time defensive player of the year, whatever he is. So that that is intriguing. You've got my, you've got my antennas up on that one. I think there's going to be a lot of movement this offseason because there's a lot of teams that are in these weird situations where they get, they have to make a decision as to whether they're going to be buying or selling. And a couple of those teams have already had their windows of being buyers and, and going for it. And you can only kick the can up the road for so long, especially when you're a destination like Utah, which is not much of a destination at all for, for free agents. Um, so we'll end up seeing what happens. The finals are really good. One, one. So we'll move on into baseball, Tom where the Yankees and the Mets have the best records in baseball, and it's really not even close. The Yankees are winning again right now against the Minnesota Twins, about to win their seventh game in a row. Uh, And the Mets, you know, they come back. They split with the Dodgers in L.A. after losing the first two, still without DeGrom and Scherzer, and then win the first game in San Diego. I mean, New York baseball, what's the pulse like up there? Because it's got to be euphoric between both fan bases, right? Things are great right now, man. But I mean, I think the re- given the only thing is, is I think there, I think the tempering expectations that I started the theme at at the beginning of the year for both teams has really stuck through to the fans. A lot of people must have listened because you know we're Yankee fans recently are just used to the same old, and Mets fans are obviously scarred for a very long time. So we're happy up here. <laughs> we're we're enjoying the moment, but you know we just got to make sure the other shoe doesn't drop. We're not waiting for it, but we're just making sure. It's not dropping anytime real soon. Um, you know, the one thing that I was thinking about, and I don't know if we brought it up on previous pods, and we have not touched upon the true landscape of the league. We will get there sooner rather than later as soon as the NBA finals wrap up. But there are so many fucking bad teams, Tom, that I don't know if either the Yankees or the Mets could go through a sustained losing streak. Yeah, and there's a lot of bad teams that we're going to scoop up their good players off of, too. I mean, I don't I mean, I don't know how you fix this league. Uh, I don't know how you get the talent distribution to be more fair. Uh, I mean, it's it's tough. It's really tough. They're obviously trying to put in measures to, to change that, right? Like now there's a draft lottery for, I think, the first three or four teams. So you're not going straight in order if you bottom out. A lot of these teams have already been in the process of doing this. You know, I was talking about it with a friend of mine, you know, not too long ago, maybe about a week or so now. And I was saying, you know, really the only atrocious culprits of this whole tanking system in the last five years or so are the Orioles and, you know, maybe the Royals. But, like, you know, the Cubs, they were coming off a World Series team. They they eventually had to sell their guys. You know, the Royals didn't sell their guys when they could have. They all became free agents and they left. But you look at a team like Arizona, even as awful as they are, they've, they brought in Bumgarner. They were paying Granky for a while. You know, the Angels have gone for it. <laughs> they've spent a shit ton of money. And, and they suck. Maybe Oakland. But even when Oakland, you know, last year they went for it with a couple of moves. I mean, when they're in it, they do go for it. So I do think we're seeing the changing of the guard just 
a couple of teams just had to make smart business decisions and, and say, listen, we're not competing for championships. We we have to embrace this this sell mode here. Yeah, there's only a few like very, very bad culprit tank teams, and I think Orioles really stand out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of teams are still – like you look at Colorado, obviously they're not playing well, but they go out and they sign Chris Bryant – Obviously, a little bit of a head-scratcher of a deal letting Arenado walk and then going out and getting another superstar third baseman. He hasn't been healthy, but at least they attempted to go for it. Seattle, same thing. They go out, they, they make that big deal for Robbie Cano. They, they're always making moves. So even some of these lower-end lower, lower end teams are still trying to sign guys. Yeah, the Orioles are the only ones where it's like you're not even making an effort to win. But they brought up Adley Rutschman. You know, one of their top pitching prospects is on the is Rodriguez is, is hurt now, so they don't know if they'll see him this year, but there were a lot of plans for him to come up. But slowly but surely, these guys that, you know, we've been hearing about in their prospect system are starting to come up. But that's what I'm talking about, dude. There are so many fucking awful teams in baseball where even if the Yankees and Mets decide to have a little stretch where they don't play so great and they're not getting bailed out in a couple of these games – I don't see a world in which they could go like five and twelve or two and eight. Yeah, no, because even you know you look down up and down the division and and they're they're not tight. It's it's the top and then it just bottoms out very quickly. Um, you know, looking at a team that we're going to talk about is the Phillies and and they fire their manager and Joe Girardi and I mean for both managers that were let go this week, I, I think. There was major expectations for both. I mean, bringing Otani in in Anaheim, bringing in—I mean, you look back to even when they brought in Josh Hamilton, C.J. Wilson, and Albert Pujols, and they have one first-round exit to show for it. When you have the greatest player, statistical player ever, and in my opinion, the greatest player ever, and Mike Trout, um, and, and then you go and you sign Rendon and you sign. Uh, Otani and you sign a bunch of other players and you've got literally nothing to show for it and the same thing at the on the other side for the Phillies you know you go out you get a Zach Wheeler <laughs> you go out and you get a Gene Segura you get Cassianos you get Real Muto a few years back obviously you get an MVP in Bryce Harper and you guys have nothing to show for it too so I think they just needed a new vo- maybe the voice got stale maybe the voice was never there for the two of them I think it's both the same you know, I, I really struggle with managers and, and giving them credit. I know we talk about it in the NBA, and we've talked about it in regards to Boone, and, and you know, obviously the Mets hiring Showalter and just what an upgrade he's been. But baseball is such a talent sport. But I do think over the course of 162 games in six months, the manager's job becomes much more about how he manages the clubhouse locker room and and the days in between games than even the decisions on the field and you know what's really come to my attention is when you see a guy like Girardi and I don't really it doesn't matter what I think right like I thought he did a good job with the Yankees I think there were years that you would probably agree right where he overachieved and some years where he underachieved no doubt about it I I think I think the thing for both of them is they're both I think more than anybody, any manager in the league except maybe Tony La Russa, is he even still managing? He didn't last long, right? No, he's still in Chicago. Yeah, he's still in Chicago. Tony La Russa and Buck Showalter, they were two of kind of, I mean, I know in Tampa Bay 
you looked at Joe Madden and said he was so new age. But now I look at them both more as old school managers where they, I guess, give off the perception that they have more control than some of these other managers a la Boone and a few of these other guys where they want to have their finger on the on the on the proverbial trigger more than the rest of them and I think that that kind of wears on the players you saw it with Girardi it, it wore out he won manager of the year in Miami and still was fired obviously let go by the Yankees I think that was because his his voice wore out in the clubhouse and clearly that happened in Philly and the same thing with Madden in you know, in Tampa and then Chicago and here. Yeah, the Girardi point you make is good, and it's kind of going on where I was going to go with it, which is he's like a clenched fist. And from what I hear, you know, listening to people who cover the the locker room and, and do all the post-game pressers and the pre-game pressers and, and are spending a lot of time with these guys, you know, Girardi is a guy where when things are going great, you know, he's a little bit more relaxed and obviously a couple, particularly from like 2009 and 2012, those Yankee teams were great. But I think there were times where they could, where they fell into rough, rough times, rough stretches, could have played better. And, and their manager was just, you know, he was on, he was on edge all the time and he's a strict disciplinarian. He's very militaristic in his style. And, and, and that was why Cashman and Steinbrenner moved off of him after 2017 and a team that we can agree overachieved. But if you look at all the stats and war and games, you know, what they should have done, they actually underachieved, which is funny to think about. But you see him in Philly, and I understand that the, the defense is awful. You know, with Harper's injury, they're, he's, has, he's having a DH. You've got Schwarber and Castellanos both in the outfield, which is bad. The bullpen's really bad. But there is enough talent on that team to be better than what they've been. As for Madden, everything was great three weeks ago. And then they lost 12 in a row, three of which being to the Phillies. And and three being to the Yankees in that really good series last week for New York. So, I mean, honestly, man, like you just can't, you can't have 12 game losing streaks when you're fighting for the division, you know, two or three weeks before. And you have two of the best players in baseball on your team. Yeah, no doubt that that happened pretty quickly. Um, I don't know. I, do do either of them manage again in baseball? They're both, they're both. I don't think Girardi's that old, but in, I guess in baseball years, being how many teams he's been around, he's old. So, do either of them manage again? Madden, I'm not going to completely close the door on, but Girardi, I think you know, I think it's fair to say Girardi, after winning Manager of the Year with the Marlins and still being fired for not getting along with the owner for his run in New York, which easily should have turned into a contract extension after what that 17 team did and being dismissed. And obviously two and a half really rough years in Philadelphia. You know, I just think his style doesn't lend itself to, to the new age players. And, you know, John Heyman says, you know, he does, he makes no effort to really connect with the young players and get to know what they're interested in and their likes and dislikes. Whereas a guy like Showalter, who's, well into his 60s all he cares about is connecting with his players you know and and that seems to be what every you know successful manager in baseball does right now it's not so much the x's and o's when in the world of analytics it's much more keeping a really even keeled attitude around the team for six months and, and keeping everybody loose 
Yeah, I don't think uh, Girardi will probably go back to MLB Network. Honestly, I think he's all but done. Uh, Madden, I don't. He's a weird guy. I could see him doing something else. He could be the head coach of a football team for all we know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Um, Tom, I just want to get your real thoughts quickly on the Yanks. You're wait tempering expectations. You're smart about it. Have you been watching? Have you been able to? enjoy how they've been playing or are you yeah. pretty much just like hey let's see what happens in a month or two still no you got to look back you got to enjoy it i mean judge is just uh, can we can we i don't know have a psychologist or or whatever maybe even a hypnotist just we'll give him the deal but then we can hypnotize him into thinking he's on a one-year deal again because he is just He's whoever gives him a deal. It's going to be the Yankees. He's earning every penny of it this year. He's got to be. He's number one in MVP odds this year. He's hitting over three hundred. He's got twenty plus bombs. Insanity. Um, and then, I mean the re- the rest of this lineup outside of him and Rizzo. You know they still scare me. Even Glaber. I know you try and talk me off the ledge with him, but they all scare me. But this pitching staff is so nasty. I mean, last week we had two perfect games go into, I believe, the seventh inning um, or later. And this pen, although missing, obviously, Luizaga, Chapman, Green for the year, I mean, all these guys seem to step up. So, yeah, I am really loving it. You have to love it because they continue to win games that, they either a have no business winning, or or games that you you know they would have lost over the last few years. You know, I, I look at that Tigers game on Sunday. They're down two nothing. They come back. Gallo actually finally goes deep. He hits one out. It's two two. The bullpen continues to go pitch well after Monty's you know day is done. They take the lead. They give up the lead. And Rizzo's base running wins them the game, and then Donaldson hits the sack fly. All you got to do is hit the ball in the in the air to on a sack fly to get the run in. Like those are things this team just didn't do last year, um, and I think that's what's refreshing. But you wanted to talk about the Yankees broadcast, and I'm not going to let you forget it. So the floor is yours to kind of release that gripe that you have, which I don't know about. You just texted me you wanted to talk about it. I don't know where you're going with this. Thank you for reminding me and bookmarking that in your brain. I appreciate that. It's not about the broadcasting team, okay? Now, you down in Texas, you don't have this experience because you don't have to watch the local game anymore. You just throw on your MLB, you know, league pass or whatever the hell they call it, extra inning. I get every yes, ne- I get every yes network broadcast. Yeah. Well, up here, I mean – the Yankees are on. If me and Michaela aren't doing anything, we'll obviously watch the game. We're both big Yankee fans, but I swear to fucking God, Sean. I mean, I, I, it takes me to the third inning sometimes to figure out where they're being fucking broadcasted locally. Is it on Yes Network? Is it on My9? Is it on TBS? Is it on Fox? Is it on Amazon Prime only now? Is it on Apple TV? Is it on fucking uh, YouTube? I don't even know. There's just it, it, make up your goddamn mind as to where I have to watch this game. And I know it's a money grab, and I know nothing's gonna change. But like the the experience of watching the game is just so difficult at this point. I will give Apple TV credit. I do like their their broadcasting team. I mute them. I don't want to hear them, but they're like graphic design and everything is is very nice. I have to say I like it better than yes. But, I mean, I swear to God, if they play 
five games in a week, four games in a week, it's on four different fucking <laughs> not even not even channels, just mediums of being able to watch it. Just I gotta get this app, I gotta get this app, I gotta get this channel, I need this channel. It's just it's unfucking believable. And, and half the time the Amazon Prime doesn't even work. I got Amazon Prime. I pay for it. I pay good goddamn money for it, Jeff Bezos. And you tell me that <laughs> that I don't have the Yankees channel or that I'm out of location. Are are you are you fucking kidding me? How are you out of location? That was what I'm saying. It happened at my mom's house. My mom lives in New- the state of New York, and it happened to me. And I live in the metropolitan area. I live. I can. You're in the. You're in the New York. You're. I. I can be if there's no traffic. I can be at Yankee Stadium in 20 minutes. Yeah. No. I mean, listen. That was a. There. That was a very. Um, well brought up topic after after this weekend and. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll help simplify it for you. So there is no more picks of 11 games with the Yankees. There hasn't been my nine in like seven years. So they went over to picks 11 to do like that batch of games. And now those games got moved to Amazon Prime since Amazon has like, I don't know, 20% of the Yes Network or something. So like every Friday night, I think, is an Amazon Prime game. The rest are Yes. Now, every team has to play on Apple TV twice. So the Yankees have met their quota. They played like a month ago, and then they did this this last weekend. And then the Peacock game, which was Sunday, every team has to play on a Peacock game at least once, and they met their quota for that. And I think everybody gets a fucking trophy, a participation award? Jesus Christ. That's what it is, man, because that's like you said. But you know what it is. It's the money grab. You admitted it. So I think they wanted to get it out of the way in the Tiger series. You know, it's Yankees Tigers. Now, what they're going to run into problems with is if this becomes Yankees Red Sox or, you know, down the stretch and it's a Yankees Rays or Yankees Blue Jays game. And that's going to piss a lot of people off. Listen, there's 162 fucking games a year. You're going to miss a couple of them. But I understand where you're coming from. If you're around and you can watch it, you want to be able to watch it. I had to put up $4.99 for the Peacock premium because that's the only way you can watch the game for one fucking hit me game up, man you should hit me up i got peacock premium for free because uh, my mom has comcast yeah oh yeah that's right it's yeah it's exclusive with that i didn't even think about it but i was just like you know these fucking money grabbing pieces of shit Not to but i get like, it the, it's... the mlb like your market is fucking like old people unfortunately for yeah. you guys yeah you old people are cable package people. You think they're downloading Amazon Prime and they're and they're fucking and they're downloading Apple TV? No, they're they're very no. pissed off and they're they're gonna listen to John and Susan. They are, uh, and you know what? They have a right to be pissed off. I mean, baseball's in a in a tough spot because they've spent so long, you know, not giving a fuck about the new age fans and only catering to the old fans. And now they're trying to hedge their bets and, and focus on bringing in the new fans. And I agree with you. The Apple TV game I had on mute too. What fucking god-awful announcing team that is. And that has nothing to do with my thoughts towards, you know, whoever is qualified enough to call a game. It doesn't matter to me. There's people who are around teams all the time, especially former players who are terrible announcers. But these te- the people don't have any idea about the teams. Like, do your fucking research. I remember, I think it was Yankees Royals or something where I was listening to the first inning or two, and I was like, have they watched a Yankee game? 
They're talking about Joey Gallo is a real threat. I'm like, this guy hasn't had a hit in like three weeks. <laughs> I don't know. It's bad. I agree with you. You have that's a fair complaint. Thank you for for solidifying and and backing me up on that. It's just it's you know when you when it takes you till the third inning to even figure out where the fuck it is and then get it all yeah. up and running. I mean, come on. Well, here's the thing, too. You know, like, you've been watching the Yanks your whole life, right? So you're a creature of habit, much like I am, where you know come 7 o'clock on a weeknight and usually 1 o'clock on a weekend, if you're around, there's a Yankee game on, right? And it's always been the Yes Network or maybe occasionally Picks 11 or prior to that, you know, my nine. To not have that, at least it would be like, okay, well, we're on the Sunday night game or we're on the Fox game of the week. Now it's like, oh, it's got to – and you can't jump, right? So if you have your Apple TV up, you can't flip between that and any other channel. You're stuck dealing with the commercials exactly. too, which also and you know blows. What? But, but at the end of the day, Sean, this complaint's not going to work because they got Peacock got exactly what they wanted. They want you to subscribe just to watch that one Yankees game, and then you're going to forget, and you're going to look at your credit card bill in six months and be like, holy shit, I paid – you know, $24 for fucking Peacock, and I only watch it for the one game? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think they have a, I think they might have a playoff game or two. And then you have the MLB Network. You know, they have exclusive games, too. Which it's weird on because on – It's not on Hulu? Well, the package I got. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and, you know, two is the um, – which we'll call it like the, the prime games that you get up there, or if you can get them up there, they're not on Amazon Prime out of market. So I still get them on MLB.tv here, which is fine. Be out of market. Hey, man, if you need if you need my uh, my zip code or whatever, you let me know. Well, then I got to use a VPN and all this stuff. It's just I it's, know. it's unbelievable. Well, that's the rant. I'm glad you supported me. Um, I guess we're going to have to talk a little golf, huh? Well, oh, this is – I have a lot of questions. Um, sure. But Phil officially is joining the LIV Golf League. It's him and Dustin Johnson most notably, right? Yeah, Dustin Johnson jumped over. Um, I mean, they – Dustin Johnson <laughs> puts out a statement that he's committed to the PGA Tour like what? I don't know, a month ago? And then, I mean, but they backed up the Brinks truck for him. It was like $200 million, and they needed that because Phil didn't announce till late, and that would have been a hell of a weak field if Kevin Nas, your best player, no disrespect to Mr. Nah. Um, I mean, listen, I don't want to watch, but I'm going to watch as a of course you know, you are. as a diligent Big J journalist. I'm, I'm going to watch it on YouTube. <laughs> to report back to you next week and, and let you know what I think of it. They have to wear corn. Is YouTube the official YouTube, is YouTube the official no, YouTube, channel for it? Or? It's not a, I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, give them that much credit and say that it's official. It's the only fucking medium that they could put it on because nobody else would give them airtime or rights to put it on because they threw this together so quickly. So they're broadcasting right. it for free on YouTube as if they're, you know, a fucking vlogger with a TikTok on the side. <laughs> so that's why it's on YouTube. All right. Um, it, Got it. It's not like it's not like you know the NBA Finals with the YouTube TV sponsor. It's it's out of right. there was nowhere else to put it. Um, which I'm surprised by because I feel like somebody like Amazon or something would throw them some money. I mean, 
it's not like they have to dedicate a channel to it. It's just a stream. You can have unlimited streams, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy, and these guys resigning, it's just a clever way of them trying to get out of any suspensions from the PGA Tour if they think they can ever come back. I'll tell you what, though, it's going to be interesting with the because of the amount of money because I think that I think there's going to be a lot of big names after this tour championship is over and the bonuses are given out, which are fat. I think you're going to see a lot more big names jumping over to the other side. I think there's a lot of players on tour, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. That you know they play the events, they they work on getting their rankings up for the majors, but they're on tour so that they can play in the majors. That's where they're getting the most attention. That's where they're getting the most earnings. So if they can go over and make a shit ton of money in this league, and then still be able to play the majors, I I don't see a reason why a lot of of the best players in the world wouldn't wouldn't you know sign up for that agreement. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on your status, and it really depends on, you know, these players that have won majors previously, they, they pretty much have lifetime into the majors. Some of the other lower players, you know, it depends on your ranking, and I don't think any of these tournaments, especially because they're not cooperating, you know, like the like the Dude Perfect World Tour, which is the former European Tour, is a partner, so you get points for that. You're not going to get any points for playing live golf, so that's going to keep some of the guys on the PGA, but... You know, it is going to be interesting um, to see if these majors eventually fall to the PGA. But there's, it's a very, very gray area legal-wise. Legal okay, so my first question is going to be with Phil, and then we can kind of talk about, you know, what happens legally going forward. But were you – what level of surprise were you when he put out that statement yesterday? Because just real fast, dude. From my vantage point and just having listened to what I've listened to, I thought with all of this time he was going to come out with a statement talking about how remorseful he was and and say, I'm going to pledge my allegiance to the PGA. So when he came out and did the exact opposite, I was a little surprised, but maybe you weren't. No, I'm not surprised at all. He can't. He can't. Um, he, he just, Why can't he? Because he's the one who, I mean, uh, he essentially created this league with Gary Player and the Saudi Arabian government. And not to mention he's apparently broke, so he needs the money, and he got somewhere near, what, $200 million. And he's also on the back nine of his career, so he's going to try and make the money where he can. The Champions Tour is paying, you know, a couple hundred thousand for a win or whatever where Phil's getting $200 million and he just couldn't do that. And like he said himself, the Saudis are scary motherfuckers and he's the one who created this and then for him to back out last second, no, there was never even a thought in my mind that he would ever cross back over the picket line or whatever you want to call it. So are we going to see him uh, in Scotland for... For the for the uh, for the open, I don't think so. And even I, actually I really before don't. that, the U.S. Open, right? The U.S. Opens before that. That's coming up. We are going to see some players because today the news came down that the USGA granted them whatever it is to let them play. Uh, we're definitely we're probably going to see DJ. You're going to see Kevin Na. You're going to see some of these guys that have qualified for the U.S. Open. Taylor Gooch and and whatnot, but I, I don't think we're going to see much of Phil, at least until this thing cools off. I'd, I'd be surprised, although 
the only reason why I think we might see him at Brookline is because I believe that would uh, finish off the career Grand Slam for him. That's the only. I mean, if they allow him to sliver. If they allow him to play, you got to imagine he plays for that reason alone. Yeah, yeah, that's. But again, I don't think there's going to be any, any. Um, what's the word? Like, I don't think there's going to be anything put in writing that Phil can't come. But it may be one of those like behind closed doors, don't show up kind of things, which I think the Masters did as well. Yeah, and the PGA, you know, him backing out last second. You know, I'm sure yeah. that was them saying we don't, we don't want this circus atmosphere that you're going to bring. And yeah, I'm fascinated as an outsider into the golf. You know, I've I've tried to do my best with, with golf as you've done with college football, and I find myself much more educated on it. But this whole wrinkle now, I mean, legally, Tom is, is I don't know how much you know. I I certainly don't know a lot about it, and I'll try to learn more about it in the coming months, but. Can the PGA do anything to stop these guys from a going and playing in the in the Saudi league and also be still playing in the PGA? Because these are independent contractors essentially, right? Like they don't play for a team like the New York Yankees or something. These are they 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 are their own brand. I don't know if the PGA has any legal grounds to say you're not allowed to play in our tournaments and while also playing, you know, for the Saudi league. Well, the only way they could really do it is if they re reclassified themselves as a for-profit organization. They're a not-for-profit. All their, like you said, all their players are independent contractors. Um, the other leagues have non-competes and whatnot. You can't have that, I, I suppose, when, when you have yourself set up the way you are. Legally, there's really nothing they can do. Um, I mean, they have made it so that basically if you're a young player coming out of college and you don't automatically qualify and only the top five college players automatically qualify for the corn Ferry tour you're not getting any status on that so that's what's holding back a lot of the young players as for the as for the i don't know what the word is like the seasoned veterans the guys with tour status that's what i was looking for i mean essentially right now they're at a stalemate just because I don't think the players are ready to take legal action. And I think when they are, it's just going to be, they know that it's going to be years in court. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is not something that's going to be quick. No, not at all. And and they realize that they'd be losing a, a lot of money by not playing at all. And I mean, but this has also been going back since, I mean, you know, for 35 years where players were independent contractors and they didn't understand why they couldn't play in non PGA sanctioned events. And, you know, the last time the whatever commissioner of the league or whatever basically just went to Washington and, and hush-hushed it. Um, but I don't know if it's going to work out like that in 2022 and, and, and for for on. But you know what? And, and this is the part that sucks. And, you know, people can be hypocrites. I try not to be. And you can say the Saudi thing and, and whatever. But, you know, we're we're all... We're all not, you know, don't throw a stone, the glass house, the thing that Jesus said, whatever he said, right? Um, <laughs> I think that was in the Bible. Those, those, whatever thou, Jesus said. Thou who cast the first stone, something or another. Um, I'm getting my analogies mixed up, but I think you understand what I'm saying when it comes to that. But, you know, excluding the blood money thing and, and just how terrible that government is, 
I mean, this is just bad for golf, in my opinion. And and as a fan of golf, I just think, you know, to have split tours is just, you know, you're not going to get the best players competing and it's going to be corny. And it's just, it's, honestly, this is on the PGA that they've been doing the same thing for the last 40 years and they needed a shake up. and, and, And I don't know. Eventually, I guess, you know, the PGA had the shield of a not-for-profit and being able to pump money through the players and, and um, you know, all this stuff. And, and that shield has clearly been broken by a country or an organization that's willing to just throw money hand over fist. And, you know, it, it's going to suck for golf, I can tell you that, if, if this goes the way it looks, which is a lot of the really good players that are uh, pledging their allegiance to the PGA Tour are going to say, wait. Like they're make this motherfucker is making, you know, 200 million plus he just won and cashed in another five million dollar purse or whatever it is. I mean, you know, and then dudes are going to start to leave. Well, I totally understand your sentiment. Um, but and I understand where you're coming from as far as criticizing the PGA, because the in whole- most sports for. I'm uh-huh. sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but the whole structure of the PGA is that they treat their last member and their best member equally. You know what I mean? And and at the end of the day, sometimes life isn't fair and and it shouldn't be fair. Like, you know, if Aaron Judge or Bryce Harper or whatever was getting paid the same amount as, you know, name the last player on the roster of any team, that's essentially what you're looking at with the PGA tour here. Okay. But that's where I was going to go with my point is you can't be shocked that given the unique circumstance that is golf and these players basically being independent contractors and them not being a part of a league PGA, I don't consider a league. So you're, you can't be shocked that another league or another, uh, you know, organization gets born and comes up with the money to pay some of your best players more than you're paying them. That's the history of, of sports. You know, the national league was the preeminent league until the American league came around. The NFL was the preeminent league until the AFL came around and they merged. And, you know, the NBA took in some of the ABA because the ABA was doing well in some of its best markets. I mean, this is historically how it's always been. And if you're not staying up to date and you're not incentivizing your product to to continue to be at its best you run the chance of another startup league coming and, and poaching some of those guys so I, I the more listening to you break that down the less sympathy i have for the pga and the more you know absolute trust i have and more players going over to this uh the saudi league because they're, they have the chance to make more money why wouldn't you especially if you're a major draw where like you look at somebody like phil and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here, Tom, but I don't think it's a matter of whether Phil wins a lot of tournaments or, or plays great. You got one of the most – you got the biggest draw outside of Tiger Woods on the tour, and you took him away from the PGA. That's that's huge. Let him bomb up a golf course. Who cares? If he if he if his personality alone is going to sell that week. Yeah, the golf the golf is gonna is gonna be bad to start. I mean, they're playing at joke courses and and the tournament style is gonna be tough, but it's gonna get better and the money is there. So this this right. league is not going anywhere. And not to mention the PGA 
talking about the Live Golf, formerly the Saudi Golf League, or the PGL, which is the Premier Golf League, another up-and-coming golf league, have both reached out to the PGA Tour in order to work together with them, and the PGA Tour ignored them, didn't even reply. Yeah, see, that's just bad. Hey, you're you're running into business. a really tough six. Yeah, you're running into a really tough you know, fork in the road here. What are you going to do? How are you going to incentivize your best players to stay when you don't pay them what they could get paid elsewhere? I mean, that's the know, first warning sign. And to give you a perfect example, a guy who has been vehemently against the Saudi Golf League, Live Golf, Rory McIlroy, was caught by the PGA Tour and posted by the PGA Tour on a hot mic on the range. And essentially what he said was, we gotta basically we gotta figure this the fuck out. We gotta figure out how to get this money into the PGA Tour. And mm. you know, if the PGA Tour doesn't figure that out, maybe four years from now, Roy McIlroy isn't a member. Yeah, this seems like it's something that could happen fast. You know, particularly like you said, after they make their earnings and going and saying, "Ah, eh, fuck it, I'm <laughs> I'm heading over, I'm heading over here." Yeah, honestly, I think. Aside from the PGA Tour getting their shit together, which it'd be it'd be very interesting to see. The only thing that could, I think, hold the players back is I think once this league starts to get its footing and become more prominent, their rules are going to become more strict and and it's and the leeway is not going to be there. And it's not just going to be corny ass uniforms, which by the way they're I think they're required to wear in the majors, which is hilarious. Um, but you know then then they're going to have more contractual obligations because you're not an independent contractor anymore. You are under contract with this league. Yeah, you're an employee. So, yep. you know, if you have to show up to, you know, uh, a pro-am or you have to show up to a speaking gig in Dubai or whatever, or you have to, you know, do a lesson with the – crown prince of wherever like you got to show up to that you don't have a choice whereas these players like the freedom that they have right now but i think that'll be the only thing that really holds them back is to what extent does this saudi government who clearly has no grasp on reality um you know tries to get these players to do crazy shit like that that's a really interesting point i i hadn't really thought of any of this outside just the realm of of playing golf and where their tournaments are going to be. But yeah, that's a whole other wrinkle that, that goes into this. We will, we will see what happens. It's going to be an interesting couple months and probably a couple of years of this. Um, yep. But, but Tom, we're about what a week or two away from the U S open. Yeah. I believe we got the uh, Canadian classic this week. I cashed in on a nice bet two top uh, two a top 20 parlay last week at the Memorial Cam Smith and Max Holman. Thanks for cashing in for me, boys. I couldn't get that one up on the pod because you know, we had those technical difficulties. Sorry folks. I don't have one this week. If I, if I come across something later in the week, I'll tweet it out. Obviously we're going to have <laughs> plenty of picks for Brookline. Um, including my Will Zalatoris pick, which I've been shouting from the rooftops since the PGA. Um, yes, you have. Anything else for you? No, man. Um, How was floating? Pretty much. In this... Oh, dude, it was fun. Yeah, that's right. That was a while ago. It was fun. It was hotter than shit, but it was a great time. Good. Very chill. Um, but, yeah, how was your Memorial Day weekend? Did you get out on the links? Did you play a lot of golf? It was nice. Played Beth Page and then played Richter Park. 
Um, Beth Page was a lot of fun. Played well there. Um, and then Richter was you love that course you said i love that course it wasn't in the best condition i've ever seen it it could it could be a little bit better but i like to say it's early on in the season it was still i'll say it's early on in the golf season until june 1st so i think it was may 31st memorial day fell on this year so i just kept saying it's early it's early in the season everybody relax um everybody relax but you know it still still broke 100 the swings swings doing all right things are things are okay um yeah, I had a lot of fun. Did you did you get a chance to watch the Jinx? Uh no. All right, no comment. Totally there. forgot about it, honestly. Honestly, totally forgot about it. You know what's actually caught my eye that I wanted to check out? I want to check out the offer about uh, the making of The Godfather. I don't know if you've come across that, but I've heard good things. That kind of has my attention. All right, we'll get back to on me on it next Paramount. week. I think it's about. I think it's on Paramount and Amazon Prime. If it's on Prime, I've got it. If not, I don't know if you have Paramount Plus, but I'm gonna have to scum that. I do not have. I do not have that one. I'm sorry to tell you. I can't. I swear to God, at some point we're just gonna. It, peop, somebody's gonna come up with the idea where they come up with an app that's like fifty bucks a month, and you get all of them, and it'll be like. You know oh, what that's sick. gonna be? We have a cable. It's gonna be the sec- It's gonna be. I was just gonna say. Oh, good. So it's gonna be just like cable. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. We're all just all well, history repeats itself. Yeah, it does, which goes to show that we don't learn from it. Um, so that's you know, it's just a new incarnation of something that we already had that was that was perfectly fine. Although streaming is great, but when you have so many different services, it's like what you like you said. Like if there's a show that comes out, I genuinely have no idea what it's on. Yeah, and if like, somebody's oh, like, "Oh, great. you gotta, you gotta watch this show. It's on so and so app." I'm, I'm at, I'm at the point now where I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna miss that one, man." Uh, I'm not downloading the, I'm not downloading the app, and I'm not paying the money to watch the one show. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is great. It's on Tubi. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, no, won't do it. Eventually, eventually, no. Tubi will sell it to somebody else, and then I'll see it. Yeah, that's exactly what it's gonna be. Um, What's going on with you, man? How's Soy? Soy's the, how's good. Life? The new dog Finn is is very good. He's an, honestly that dog is awesome. I love him so much. Um, Soy's good. He's still a piece of shit, but he's less of a piece of shit. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> Things are good, man. Things are good. You any more uh, driving to Staten Island? Last time we talked, you were doing that. Yeah, I was just in Staten Island today. So it, it's uh, it's an absolute joy. When are you done there? I don't know. When I quit. <laughs> well, fingers crossed for you. It's uh, sooner rather than later to avoid that trek. But um, we'll have to get back on here soon because we've got a finals to cover and, and more baseball as, as the Yankees just continue to win and the Mets continue to dominate the NL. Should be a fun summer of baseball talk, man. Absolutely. Finally, we have one, and then obviously we have the PGA Tour, and we have the U.S. Open coming up. So, and live golf, Sean. I want you to watch. I want you to give me three holes this weekend. You got YouTube. That's free. I know you got YouTube. Yeah, everybody has YouTube. Yeah, I, I could. I could maybe make that happen. I'll right. hear about it for sure, whether I actually watch it or not. But I'll hear three all holes. about it. I'm Come sure on, you didn't give me the jigs. They're... Give me three holes. <laughs> See their goofy outfits. Um. And we got NBA off season in like starts in like a month. I West know. End. The soap opera. 
Let's fucking go, baby. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tom, great job, buddy. Great job by you. Later.